1: The Cuse Militia Ah! Now, Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe It's
0: the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years Welcome, orange men and ladies Happy Monday This is The Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe At Cuse Militia On the socials, go there, join the militia We are back Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas we're going to preview the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl that will be played this Thursday at 2pm and Syracuse Basketball will host uh, Boston College in the Dome on New Year's Eve at 2pm your appetizer for that day. We will let you know what we think about both of those games and no, nothing, it feels weird coming here and not talking about a game. because I'm looking down I'm like, I'm missing things. So, there's no box score or anything. So, this is all for the previews. We do not know when we'll be back for the post game for the Pinstripe Bowl. Being that, first of all, it's being played at 2 o'clock on a Thursday. Uh, it's tough to get back on a Friday regardless of situations most of the time. But we'll see what we can do. There's options. Mm-hmm. Thursday be either Thursday night, Friday night, or Sunday. Which Sunday is three days later, but... We'll do our best with it. You know, it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, so. it's just
1: bowl games aren't really scheduled normally when it comes yeah. to, you know, normally we know that a football game's Saturday and we can just go with its status quo. Um, but, you know, it gets a little tricky here when you have a third of the basketball season that overlaps, especially when you make a bowl game. So we're going to yeah. do the best we can.
0: Yeah and uh with that said real quick uh Lenora Sellers flipped from Syracuse to South Carolina as expected for the most part and um yeah that sucks but there's there's other players out there that's what the portals for yeah i'm going to no, look that's... at this as a positive you know i mean yeah. it, it just was I mean... there's just plenty there's plenty of options of course we'd like this nice young quarterback coming in right but but that said, maybe we can get someone with experience. You know, Schrader comes in, uh, the transfer portal, and has been great. So,
1: Well, yeah. And, I mean, we also have Del Rio Wilson, Justin Lampson coming off of uh, um, an injury as well. So, um, you know, I think that when we look at the people that we miss or that, you know, decommit and, and things like that, um, you know, Lenora Sellers, even though he was our – our best recruit when you look at numbers wise um, and stars wise, I think that losing that defensive lineman um, to Nebraska probably hurt more than this, just because of the state, you know, the current state of our our position room when it comes to the quarterbacks. Um, same thing goes, you know, when we talked about corners and we had, you know, Jeremiah Wilson and Deuce going to the transfer portal, then Jeremiah came back. We know Isaiah Johnson's coming back and, and then we got two, former four-star uh corners from um nebraska and notre dame respectively and i think that that that's gonna make you know that's gonna heal the loss of deuce chestnut maybe not for this bowl game but you know looking into the future so um uh, when you when you see this stuff you kind of got to look at it in perspective of what your room looks like um and how much depth you have so uh losing lenora sellers talking about carol
0: uh, vincent carol jackson
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we know that our defensive line is in, in, you know, a little bit more dire straits than the quarterback room, so to speak. So uh, it would have been nice to get that guy. Um, but, you know, we know that if Del Rio Wilson, if he can get um, trained up to be Schrader's replacement, then, then we're going to be good at quarterback for, you know, two, three years anyway. So, What does is, what is Schrader have left? Just next year? I thought, why do I keep thinking it's two years? <clears throat> it's next year. Yeah. It's next year. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, so, yeah, that'd be a good run too.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, everything's got to get put into perspective. I know that everyone's looking at the the numbers and the this, this and that, but you have to put it in perspective of of the depth of your positions and and stuff like that throughout your whole roster. So, well, and just in case anyone cares, too, Anthony Quealy transferred to Georgia Southern, and um, Courtney Jackson transferred to Arkansas State. So. Again, I think situations where receivers just found themselves maybe not in the the schemes of the systems, or you know, maybe they're just the talent that they play against is just a little bit above their level. Um, So, you know, um, hope nothing but the best for them. Hope nothing but the best for the North Sellers. I know that it's difficult when you know you. He was, he was basically sticking with these quarterbacks He stuck with them in Virginia and Then went from Virginia to Syracuse And you know with Robert and I going to NC State um, You know I know NC State's kind of got loaded in that room too And um, you know when, I, when an SEC school comes, comes calling Comes running And you know they got a spot for you in your home state And that's you know that's, that's tough to, kind to of pass a, up
0: It's kind of a no brainer But yeah. you know like, like I say man It is what it is it's a whole lot tougher to when they come the here. Exactly. It's a whole and it's a whole lot tougher when they come here and they wear the uniform and they're great and then they leave. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's mm-hmm. that's that's way tougher. And you know it's like the Deuce Chestnut situation. It's like man, you know what I mean? You're starting, I mean, you know, just where he where he goes, we'll see. You know, it could make total sense, right? Right. So so we'll just have to see. But that's a little bit tougher than losing a, a recruit, in my opinion. I don't count my recruits before they're dressed.
1: No. And honestly, to me personally, um, you know, Deuce Chestnut might have been a situation where there was other things going on. Um, because I'm pretty sure that Dino talked to them about trying to keep the same system and getting someone in there still going to run the three-three-five. So, you know, I don't. You know, I think he jumped the gun. If if he just left because he was worried about the state of the program or the state of the system and the defense and everything, or because maybe it was just because he was, it was Tony White and that's why he was there. You know, and that's that's the one thing I look at is Tony and, White was the reason why he went to Syracuse. He had other offers. Uh, Tony White got him there, and there was other things going on, and and he wanted to follow Tony White.
0: And if that's what he's going to do. And maybe he play, which, which if that's what he's going to do, I guess he's keeping his options open a little bit, but maybe if that's what he's going to do and, and, and he plays in the bowl game and then he, and then he goes. So
1: no, and it, yeah, we don't know about that either. Right? We
0: don't know. Right. Well, that's the, the problem is all of the unknowns. And you, you're not going to find the answers to these questions until the day of the game. And then the day after the game. Yep. So there's nothing. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's not like professional sports where these things are pretty much laid out. Right you know it's just um it's just one of those things that you know like coming to do this this preview for Minnesota is tough because we don't even know what their team is gonna look like coming into our game, although I have a better idea of what their team will look like compared to what our team will look like, I feel like I feel kinda like, kinda but there I mean you know when we talk about minnesota there there's just a couple, I think, that make a difference. But uh, shall we get into Minnesota? Let's do it. Yes, we shall. Uh, the all-time series between Syracuse and Minnesota sits at 3-2 and two in favor of the Orange. Last time the teams met was in another bowl game, the Texas Bowl. Uh, Ryan Norton would miss a 45-yard field goal to tie the game with 3.30 left to play. The Syracuse D would force a punt. And then Terrell Hunt would run it in for a score on 3rd and 8 uh, at the 12-yard line. That left a minute 14 on the clock with Minnesota down 21 to 17. And it was Mitch. Was it Leidner? Leidner. Incomplete pass party for Mitch Leidner. And uh, they would, they would kill the rest of the clock trying to throw the ball. The golden Gophers finished this season with eight and four in the big 10 tied for second with Illinois in the West losses to Purdue, Illinois, Penn state and Iowa. Senior quarterback Tanner Morgan finished the year with 1,324 yards passing, seven TDs, five interceptions, and a QB rating of 62. Not much of a threat with his legs either. He rushed 32 times for 63 yards on the year. However, there is Mohamed Ibrahim who finished 4th in the country in rushing yards, 1594, uh, 49 yards behind 3rd place Illinois' Chase uh, Chase Brown. Ibrahim averaging five, just over 5 yards a carry, so that's one issue. The second issue for me is that their defense is really good. They're really, really good. Uh, they finished 15th in rushing D, only allowing 106 yards a game, 8th in the country with passing yards allowed giving up only 174 game, and a total defense good enough for fifth in the nation. So, talking about uh, transfer portal and and all of this stuff, uh, the best I could find is seven Golden Gophers entering the portal, only two of which played all 12 games, uh, both of them on defense, and obviously we don't know if they're playing or not, but Michael Flip Dixon, uh, defensive back, he played in all 12 games this season. He is um, finished the season with 28 total tackles, one and a half for a loss, and three pass breakups. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, according to their um, what is this Minnesota? Gosh, of course I would be down in the middle of this thing. This is all from the Daily Gopher. This is the SB Nation Gopher site. Um, uh, Braylon Oliver, he's a linebacker. He entered the portal and he played in all 12 games as well. Started seven of them. Uh, he finished the season with 33 total tackles, one and a half for loss, uh, half a sack, one pass breakup on the year and, uh, another year of eligibility remaining. So, you know, when you look at the dynamics of the two teams, the one thing that I worry about really is the is the run game. If I, had to, if I had to grade them, it would be the run game, okay, because of what we've seen throughout the year. The defense yep. is like right there, though. <laughs> like They both worry me pretty bad. The one thing I would say that we have going for us, maybe to some extent, is that Syracuse was banged up. And we're, we're it feels like forever since we watched the Syracuse football game. So, you know, that's given these guys, especially Garrett Trader, you know, I think time to heal up, get a lot of practice under the belt and get some of these guys with, the, you know, what coach says, the owies and, and get those owies healed up. And I think that's one thing we got going for us. Obviously, they got that going for them. But, you know, what they don't have going for them is a decent quarterback. I mean, he's OK, but he's a senior dude. He's not putting up drastic numbers. They're a one trick pony, Joe. Okay, which, you know, we've, we've seen one-trick ponies, and one-trick ponies have one-tricked us into losses. So uh, it could be a problem. You know, this, this uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is a, you know, what is he, 5'10", 210, something like that. He's, he is um, just a powerhouse, and they're going to run the ball. And it doesn't matter about Tanner Morgan and his legs or m- probably mostly his arm. I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. So you know what? Seven touchdowns and five interceptions. I mean, come on. You know they're just. That's just. That's what they do. So it worries me a little bit. On the plus end, you're getting some some healed up. We don't know what it looks like. What our team really looks like. We don't really exactly know what their team looks like. But just judging by the numbers, Joe, that's kind of um, the the pros and the cons of it. So (laughs) the question is, can Syracuse's defense put together enough? Um, enough oomph and and band aids on the things, and plugging some of the holes, to be able to stop a a a rusher who finished fifth in the nation in overall yeah. yards. Yeah. Well, I mean, fourth in the nation. Excuse me.
1: That's the overall thing, right? But when you really, when you got to put it in perspective, you got to start at the schedule. Um, you know, they started off. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Minnesota. They. They came in and they were the preseason favorites to win that division over Purdue, over everybody, um, and have a chance actually to possibly sneak into you know the playoff if they were to go into the Big Ten championship and beat a Michigan or Ohio State or a Penn State or something like that. Um, you know they start off the season four and zero with pretty convincing wins, um, and when they were healthy, I mean you're talking about out the gate, you know New Mexico State, Western Illinois. Don't expect too much there. You know, they win 38-0, 62-10, respectively. Home against Colorado, they win by 49-7. to uh, And then at Michigan State, they win 34-7. to So you talk about the first four games, they didn't give up more than 10 points against anybody. Um, Purdue, they lose 20-10. to uh, Their offense, they couldn't hold them. Uh, they go on a little bit of a, of a losing streak there. Uh, Illinois wins 26-14. Penn State wins 45-17.
0: Both ranked teams at the
1: time absolutely uh then they go into a spot where they beat Rutgers 31-nothing at Nebraska 20-13 against Northwestern 31-3 um and you know Tanner Morgan he's had issues with concussions and upper body stuff so um Manis is the best i'm going to pronounce but he's come in and he's played in five or six games started i think four um you know, they finished the season losing to Iowa 13 10, beating Wisconsin 23 16. They're all low scoring. They run the ball. Um, but how good were the teams they played? How good was. How good the were 10? the teams that they beat? Right. I mean, I know that, you know, we can, we can sit up here and talk about whether or not we should have beat Purdue. But Purdue won that conference or that part of the conference, the division. West. And, um, you know, it might be a little bit skewed or outweighed because you have Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State all on the same side of the conference. But nonetheless, um, this team, you just don't know how good these teams are. And they relied on their defense. They relied on pounding the rock and, you know, low-scoring games. You know, and when you look at these games that they won, uh, there's a lot of teams that if you would have put up 24 points, you would have beat them. They wouldn't even have had the same record. So. Um, they know what they're good at. They don't have any opt-outs. They have guys that are going to the pros that are still playing in the game, unlike us. Um, obviously, Garrett isn't going to play because of his injury, but we have Sean Tucker in our left tackle who's not playing. Um, and then when you want to bring in the transfers, you know we know that we have Jihad Carter and we have Deuce Chestnut who's transferring, Steve Linton who's transferring, three guys that probably would have got playing time. Um, and we don't really know. What the situation is with the coaches and with them, and going to the portal, and if there's an opportunity to come back, are they going to play in the bowl game? And to what you spoke, uh, they have a linebacker and a defensive back that that are going to the transfer portal now. Minnesota they play a four-two-five, so the linebacker that played in all games he he's number three on the depth chart, and it's a four-two-five, so you only you only start two linebackers. So he obviously wanted to go somewhere where he was going to get a little bit more playing time. And then the other guy, um, Dixon, he was their nickelback, their number three corner. So these are guys that did have, you know, a, a big part of that defense, just like deuce and just like Jai Carter. So, um, but these guys weren't necessarily starters. And I don't know if they're necessarily as irreplaceable as the guys that I mentioned from Syracuse as far as the bowl game. So, we're going to have to wait and see with the, the transfer portal and who's going to play and who's not going to play. But um, when you look at it on paper, um, this is a team that's going to come in and they're going to do what they they need to do. They just – and I don't know if you've heard this, but um, you know P.J. Fleck, who's coach of Minnesota, he got – I don't know if it's a seven- or nine-year extension. And part of his extension was that he wanted to open up um, – and, and he took a little bit of a pay cut, but it was part of the contract. Is he opened up a million dollars – to put toward their assistant coaches. So here's like an example of a team North, um, you know, a Northern team that has issues with, you know, recruiting in state and because of weather and things like that. And, um, you know, a similar type of demographic and uh, you know, they have a head coach come out and they added $300,000 to both the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator's, um, salary to retain them. So they didn't go to another, to other schools. Versus, we lost both our coordinators, so now we have you know our defensive back coach who's going to be calling the game, and we have Jason Beck, who it might not be that much different, but with missing your left tackle and your in your running back, um, you know it is going to be a different played and called game. So. You got a team that's very good on third downs, on defense and on offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to just – I mean, I I kind of – I look at it as – they're not a Notre Dame. They're not a Clemson. They're not that type of team at that type of caliber. But I look at them more of like um, a Pittsburgh or or something like that in which they're going to pound the rock, you know, except for against Pittsburgh we didn't get to play against their best running back. And we're going to see an NFL running back on Thursday. So – you know, There's differences, but it's, it's hard to really see um, who's going to have the advantage and who's not. We know they're going to try to run, but this is, again, a team where when we played Pittsburgh, Garrett Schrader wasn't 100%. Um, we don't know what our offense is going to look like. If our offense, if they can come out and they can score points and force this team to chase us, then running the ball isn't going to be so easy. Um, I don't know how great a passing attacks and in, 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 um, dual threat quarterbacks there are in the, the Big Ten that, that Minnesota's played against. So, you know, I'd like to think that Minnesota's rankings are a little bit higher than what they would be if they played against better offenses. Um, so really, that's that's really what we're looking at here is, is that can this offense, can Schrader come out and be 100 percent? Can the Allen come out and, and do anything close to what a Sean Tucker did? um can our offensive line get a little bit healthier and and replace matthew bergeron um those are the things but if we can make big plays in the past game and garrett schrader can make big plays with his legs in in allen can just be a sufficient option
0: well he's gonna they're gonna have to move the ball on the ground that's that's what worries me
1: too we're gonna have to move the ball on the ground in all different aspects of the game whether yeah. it's a Schrader, or running back right. or through the air. Right. And I think that we have the talent to do that. And we have an offensive coordinator who now doesn't have, and I don't want to say handcuffs it in a negative way, but, you know, he's got his way of calling it. And now this is the first time where he can just wide open, hey, this is my game. I can call it the way I want. And now, you know, Minnesota doesn't have game tape of the plays and, you know, certain tendencies and, and things like that as far as play calling to go off of. So now you have a brand new offensive coordinator coming in, but it's not necessarily brand new. They're very, he's, he knows what his team has. So it's going to be difficult. I think for Minnesota, to game plan against our offense, but again, traditionally with losing a couple of deuce and, and obviously Jihad, um, it's not going to make it any easier for us to stop the run. So, I look at it as as a situation like that where they're going to be able to run the ball, but I don't know if their their offense is so high-powered to where it's going to get out of control. So this is a very, very tough game overall because Minnesota is going to come in with what they know and what's been working, and we have tape, and we know what they do. So it's more or less with us, it's like line up and stop it. But now we have different coordinators calling the game. We have different players in certain situations, and I don't necessarily think that Minnesota is going to see the same team that they've seen on tape.
0: Well, I don't think they will either, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, either way, it's a discipline. It could be both. That's
1: That's the problem. The problem is is if we try too much cute crap and it comes out to bite us and we don't play, you know, we have – look, Minnesota is a disciplined team. Minnesota – last three games we've had 31 penalties calling us minnesota's had 44 or something like that calling them the whole game or the whole season right so um they're a more disciplined team um you know I, I mean i think they they don't lack in star power and firepower as far as the offensive line goes but as far as the passing game big play type of stuff they're nickel and dime you know three four yards with a play action four yard pass for a first down keep it going you know, keep the time of possession and, and just run their pace and just wear you down. And, you know, we know that when in the middle of the season, when we weren't 100 percent, that was like our kryptonite. But with having these some of these players motivated, I, th- I believe Mikel Jones is going to be back and ready for this. And and, and I think that, you know, Schrader is going to be close, closest to 100 percent. He's been since Clemson. And there's some players that are chomping at the bit to to show their talent, like, like, like Quinn Allen and what he started doing, you know, at the end of the year. So it's going to be an interesting an interesting day and an interesting game for sure. Um, being, you know, had 10-point favorites or 10-point underdogs, sorry. Um, that's a little bit too hard for me to believe. But um, I just think that as far as Syracuse fans go, I think we're going to be able to to leave the game being excited about our offensive coordinator position excited about the offensive pieces that are coming back because everyone pretty much playing in this game, minus maybe a line lineman here or there and Devon Cooper will be back. Um, So there's going to be a lot to look forward to.
0: How much of this game you think is going to be experimenting? (laughs) You know, with the new that's offensive a coordinator, you got Rocky Long. We He was going to be there. Now he's not going to be there. So you've got Nick Monroe stepping up and filling those shoes. So, you know, that's not going to be a permanent thing. So, I mean, you know, um, just some dynamics there that I feel like are negative for Syracuse. But also, on the other hand, you know, y- you open things up to be a little bit more... Um, not just spontaneous, but, you know, just different, different, Try different things to see, mm-hmm. to see if, you know, you know, this, that, or the other will work. Or, you know, you're trying different things in practice. And, and, you know, I understand uh, with Bergeron and, and, um, Tucker declaring for the draft, but, um, Another week they could have just waited and even if they didn't play they could just keep everybody guessing, right? I mean Yeah. Does it do does it make that much of a difference to just no.
1: do it early? You no. know, you're going to be I on- don't think there's enough on tape. I think it's going to be a different kind of offense. I think that as if you've watched it, if you're a Syracuse mm-hmm. fan, if you've really paid attention to the play calling in the offense, I think that you're going to be able to see the things that Jason Beck brought to the table versus what Robert and I um, what he th- liked, what he favored more than Jason Beck. Because when you have that type of relationship, you know, Jason Beck, he's learning from him and they work together well. But at the same time, there's still two different coaches. They're never going to call it the same. And Robert and I, over at the end of the day, is his boss. So obviously he gets to trump that every time. So yeah, you're going to see something different. You're going to see a whole bunch of different things. Um, and you're really going to see the Plays that came from Beck versus the plays that came from Anai, and who favors what side of of what? Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to come out in the spread, you know, and do things differently. The Allen's a different back than um, than Sean Tucker, um, and also, I mean,
0: I. And the other thing is, got the get, other backup? He's got to get he's got to get going because you can't just have you can't have this stale running game early and then be in a position where. All you, all you are going to be able to do is, you know, rely on throwing the ball. I mean, they got to get him the ball in, in numerous different areas, right? Is it Price?
1: Who's that? Juwan Price. Yeah. Juwan Price. Yeah. You
0: know yeah, they've got I to be able to get him the ball. Him screen passes, dink dunks. I I don't know, but he's got to touch the ball. He's got to feel it, whether he's running it or catching it. Um, because if he gets stale, if he gets stale, which I don't think he. By the way, he's quick. I mean, it, he's got a, a he's got a speed burst on him that's pretty decent yeah. too. So, I think you know, use, you can use him in a number of ways. But to do it early and to establish it, and if it's successful, it could be a huge for the Syracuse offense. And I mean, I guess that's what I would look for first thing is And you know what? If you win the coin toss, just just defer just defer.
1: <clears throat> I mean, yeah,
0: let's defer once.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean dude, look, I mean look, Quinn Allen, there's something there to be said. Um uh, because as, as much as he hasn't gotten a lot of, you know, the rock and everything like that. I mean, you look at it, he's he's thrown a touchdown this year. Right? He did. He ran 26 times for an average of 7 yards a carry. Now, I know that he had a 90-yard run where he got tackled in in one game. But overall, I mean, you're talking about his average of seven yards. He's he caught six catches for an average of almost ten yards, in a t- and he's had you know a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown this year. So um, you know that these guys are chomping at the bit, and that's the other thing too. We, is it's not like
0: we talked about wanting to see more LaQuint Allen. Yeah. In the year
1: during the year mm-hmm. because yeah. this is change of pace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's totally different. Which yep. is which is why you know I wish this team was prepping for. Sean Tucker. Yeah, but this that's what these
1: last couple of weeks of practice have been. And again, that, that, that's what I mean by like, it's it's not comparable to like the first game of the season over an off season and, and losing people. But it's it's as close as you're going to get going into a bowl. Oh, season. It's the only. So,
0: it's the, the second closest thing, and there's no close third.
1: Right. <laughs> So So it could be a situation where, I mean, I think we're going to catch them off guard sometimes. And I think there's going to be times where we think we're doing something that's going to work and it blows up in our face and doesn't look good at all. And, I mean, a lot of it has to do with big plays, you know, turnovers and and penalties and just, you know, how disciplined are you going to be with the ball and and then things like that. Um, And the little things seem to me like that's going to be the biggest part of this game. Um, But I just honestly can't wait to see – what the offense looks like, to see a healthy Garrett Schrader. You know that Matthew Bergeron, and Sean Tucker, Garrett Williams, all those guys are going to be on the sidelines as coaches, getting these kids pumped up. These kids that have only had a certain... I mean, Juwan Price only had five carries this year, right? So
0: Yeah, I don't, even, players, I don't even remember them.
1: <clears throat> uh, yeah, right. no. There's players that have just been chomping at the bit. And they're going to get their, their opportunity. And they're in New York City around Christmas time. Bowl game, first time in a long time. Mikel Jones is going to be I mean, that mob, whether you have Jihad Carter or Deuce or not, they're going to be ready to go. So um, it's definitely going to be exciting, but I can't sit here and say, I mean, that there's not some negatives that go towards, you know, the matchup when you see who's opted out and who hasn't, who's going to play and who hasn't and things like that. I think it would be a completely different story if, you know, their linebacker and their running back, who are obviously professional players, opted out like Tucker and Bergeron did. But
0: well, you know what? It could be a case where they are and they're just keeping their mouths shut about it. That's my point.
1: That's know, true th- as well. This
0: this whole time we're we're prepping for uh Ibrahim, you know, he might not play. I mean, is he going to Obviously, it's a situation where there's no doubt he's an NFL player. Yep. And um you know, is he just are they just keeping their mouths shut to just for lack of a better term to uh, keep Syracuse guessing on And, you know, we're preparing for X.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's the one thing, right, is is because I in one instance, I look at it. I mean, Ibrahim, not this year, but last year, first play of the game, he tore his Achilles first game of the season. Sorry. So this year he was coming back from an Achilles injury. (laughs) And he put up, you know, the fourth most rushing yards in, in the country and you know after just a year separated from an achilles injury and now you're talking about money that you can't match as far as right. playing do a you, game and risk everything it? like that so it it was actually when i when i saw that or when i read that he was supposedly still playing um that really surprised me but then when you look at it with the Sean tucker flip side Sean tucker seemed to me like he hadn't been 100% the whole year and maybe he's got some lingering injury that he's worried about maybe you know, just injuring further or, or, or worse maybe he's, where just healed. he's not going to be able to, to, um, I mean, you have to be able to perform if he doesn't, if he's not hundred percent, he's not ready to perform in the combine. I think it's in April or something like that. Um, or maybe even earlier, uh, then it's going to drastically hurt his draft stock, especially considering the season he had this year coming off the one he had and last I, year. I so, still
0: think one more year for Tucker would have benefited him, but you
1: know,
0: some of my business,
1: No, Uh, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, it's them, right? If you have the talent, you know, like we've talked about it so many times. You get paid a ridiculous amount of money to play a game, and your window is super, super small as far as in the grand retrospect of life, right? And then you add injuries onto that. I mean, some of the greatest players never really even got a chance to show what they could do in longevity because of injuries. And um, it's just not with so much money involved. I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we found out come Thursday that Ibrahim isn't playing,
0: and that would change everything. Yep, <laughs> Syracuse would, you know, not going to I mean, just my prediction. To I would, I wouldn't think twice, but to pick Syracuse to win this game.
1: Well, so, like I said, it's so, a ten-point underdogs in, in Vegas, and I'd be, I'd, want, I'd love to see how much that that line moves if we find out Wednesday night that Ibrahim's not playing.
0: Yeah. Or I don't think it was Thursday at two o'clock.
1: I don't think it was 10 in the beginning, but then Tucker and Bergeron didn't play. And I think that that moved up.
0: All right. So that's going to be it for now. Now we'll go live in the Spotify live app and see if we can get some uh, of their predictions in there. And we're going to do some of your predictions off of social media. Um, but first, we want to talk about Boston College. Boy, when you're thinking talking about bowl games, Boston College at the Dome this Saturday seems like peanuts. And regardless of the bowl game, but
1: that's no, no, that's what I'm we. I'm sure do. that there's so, a bunch of fans that are already passed all that, right? Um. Yeah. Maybe. Probably.
0: So this will end Syracuse's six-game stretch at home, and it's been nice for them. I don't know what the crowd's going to look like, but. I hope that you know on New Year's Eve at two o'clock. It's another tough time slot, so I hope I think it's tough because you're prepping for plans either you're hosting or you're going somewhere, and you know or you know maybe not, but I mean a lot of people are. So it's a tough it's a tough time slot I think, but um, they're going to need to be loud. Um, The all-time series between Syracuse and Boston College sits at 55 and 26 in favor of the Orange. Uh, the Syracuse Orange Men in Boston College Eagles first met in 1959. The Eagles would win the first three games in six out of the first nine. Since then, the Orange have had the significant upper hand. The Orange Men beat Boston College 10 straight games from 1985 to 1989. The two teams met eight times in the Big East Tournament, with Syracuse leading the series 5-3. to three. The two teams had six seasons where they played three games – Overall, Syracuse and BC were 34 and 17 in favor of Syracuse in Big East games. All of that, according to OrangeHoops.org. I'll say it again. That is a tremendous website. So, um, I've even emailed that guy and thanked him for that because all of all of those little tidbits. That I get and the all time series numbers come from that website. And I do that every show. Syracuse is currently on an eight game win streak. They took uh, last year's game at home 76 to 56. Gerard, Buddy Bayheim, Frank Anslem, Cole Swider, and Jimmy Bayheim. You're starting five. Buddy and Swider with 18 points, and Jimmy, 10 rebounds. The Golden Eagles is currently sit at 7-6, 1-1 one one in the ACC, wins over Cornell, Detroit Mercy, George Mason, Wyoming, Rhode Island, and Stonehill, uh, a big win over Virginia Tech in overtime. Their one ACC loss, by the way, was against Duke. So last week we were doing the show and watching this game, this Boston College-Virginia Tech game, went in overtime. Boston College wins 70-65, um, some big points off the bench for Devin McLaughlin. Uh, he had 18. Uh, that coupled with Tech's struggling to score from behind the arc. They, they came into the game shooting roughly uh, just a little bit over 45. I think they shot like 35, but they, they hooked up a bunch. Just wasn't enough for them. Uh, those were some of the keys to victory for Boston College in that game. Uh, not a whole lot of movement in the portal, and it was really kind of the same. You know Ashton Langford, um, T.J. Bickerstaff. Uh, this this guy I don't really remember Jaden Zachary too much last year, but I mean he did get some burn. Um, he's playing a lot yep. now. I don't I don't remember him though. I got to be honest. He's in his I remember he's him. do you okay? Well, he's in his awesome. second year. And then McLaughlin, um, he's leading in blocks per game with for his team, but coming off the bench huge against Virginia Tech, and. You know, you look at their schedule, Joe, they have a couple of weird losses, Um, the first of which being uh, Tarleton, okay, Um, New Hampshire, I think, is a weird one, and Maine is a weird
1: one. No. All
0: losses. No? You don't think so?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's weird, especially for an ACC (laughs) team, yeah.
0: What the hell's going on it's Uh, it's just, you you know, Villanova, understandable. Duke, understandable. But... I, mean, I don't know. They've, they've played two really good teams, in my opinion, or good teams, in my opinion, and not in my opinion. Cornell's decent. They beat Cornell by two, okay? That's that's probably the third toughest team they played, guys. So Duke and the, both the teams that I think, you know, they Boston, or excuse me, Duke and Virginia Tech were the toughest teams, obviously, and then Cornell. And then the rest are just, I mean, I don't Maybe. know. Yeah. yeah. It's just not that impressive. The losses are more unimpressive than their win over Virginia Tech. I guess that's my point. And in you know, Tech is a better team than that. They just they just weren't they just weren't hitting the way they normally hit.
1: Well, the problem is with that situation is Virginia Tech is traditionally ran more of a, you know, three guard set with forwards kind of running the show. They haven't really been like a big team, so to speak. So that actually kind of helps Boston College as far as as far as this is concerned because Boston College they're they're guard heavy. Um, we Talked about the brothers uh, Mackay Ashton Langford, who six um, three senior uh, we know his name and um, Damar Langford Jr. his brother six five junior. Um, they're loaded with guards. These two were kind of the main guys. Um, you know, Jaden Zachary last year he he played tough, averaged about ten minutes a game. Um, or sorry, 10 points a game and came in and played good defense. Um, and, and obviously Bickerstaff is, um, has been there, you know, six, nine, that's the tallest guy that they play, you know, and I look back at, you know, when they played Virginia Tech last game, he only had 15 minutes, uh, Pena McLaughlin, uh, CJ Pena Jr. Sorry, a senior who was actually a transfer from, um, division two. He's been playing a little bit. He's a 6'7", 230-pound senior who can stretch the floor and, and, and shoot threes. He's one of their better three-point guys. And, and like you mentioned, Devin McClackton, 6'7", 215, uh, sophomore. Um, but, yeah, dude, they don't have a lot of a lot of height. Um, they brought in Mason Madison, um, um, a four junior guard from Cincinnati who's shot like 20 more threes than anybody else. Oh, yeah, um,
0: that's, that's the guy. I meant to bring up that guy. On the and team.
1: And, and, and when he's not hitting, they take him out, right? So against Virginia Tech, Bickerstaff um, wasn't really helping, didn't need that type of height, and Madsen wasn't hitting. So those guys played 15 and 16 minutes respectively while McLaughlin and Zachary came in and played over 30. Um, they're but right they're now, not
0: hitting them very good from three at all, which is a good sign. That doesn't right. mean that they don't come in and do it, but they're just right. not right now. They're, they're, um, they're uh, what, uh, 26, 27%. Yeah.
1: They won this game based upon they played tough D and they pushed uh, Virginia Tech to have uh, something like 15, 16 turnovers. And they just ended up getting more shots than them. Another guy that gets in there and plays a lot, uh, 6'6", 225-pound um, freshman guard, Prince uh, a league bay and, um or a league bay. Uh, he plays a little bit too, so they're about eight deep. But when you look at them and Ken Palm, their their overall defense is in the two hundreds. Um, and I mean, two hundred thirty-seven. Sorry, my bad. Let me uh, let me do that all over again. Sorry, um, their defense is actually seventy-eighth. They play tough defense. I had it switched around. It was backwards. Their defense, um, they play tough. Their guards, you're going to put pressure on Gerard. They're going to try to bug Judah Mintz, uh you know, Zachary's going to be in there doing that. Um, but their offense is 274th, and then that's really where it comes down to. So, to me, this is a team where if they're not hitting their threes, uh, they got a couple new guys and stuff like that. They've they've, they've shown that they've had issues with with dealing with a 2-3 zone. Um, So, that's going to be tough for them. But they do play good defense, and uh, it's not going to be easy for our guards, so to speak. But if we can run our offense through Jesse and some of the forwards, I mean – Benny Williams and, and Malik Brown are taller than both the guys, like the tallest guy that they play um, unless they want to bring in their uh, their freshman um, center, Armani Mighty, who is a 6'10", 225-pound freshman from Toronto, uh, but he's barely played. So, even if he comes in, that's basically just, you know, trying to put a band-aid on some type of problem. Um, maybe use their five fouls, get some, get some height and stuff like that. So, to me, this is all day long. Um, Jesse Edwards, uh, getting the ball to him, taking it to the hoop, trying to get to the free throw line, using your height. Uh, this cannot be a team that out-rebounds us, and we cannot not make bad, bad mistakes with, cannot with, afford- tur- with turnovers and fouls. We can't, do, we, can't, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. If we play a clean game, this should be an easy win. Now I don't want to say easy. It should be a win.
0: I mean, Ken Palm's gotten us. got us what? When did he have us? just saw it not too long ago he's got a 70 to 61 win now you know it's a formula so with all of his with all of his you know all of his adjusted offense rankings and defensive rankings and all that stuff but uh, this team is not that impressive on paper they're not hitting at at a at a high clip from behind the arc and you know the problem with Syracuse is that doesn't mean anything that's that's the one that's the one problem but just looking at him and you mentioned you mentioned that one guy. Who the heck were you talking about? Because there's one, one guy Mason here that's taken Madsen. way too many threes. Mason what? Madsen. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Fifteen for sixty one, dude. Yeah. That's terrible. But if, but if so he's bad. but if
1: he's being allowed to shoot that many, that's what his job is. That's what his so job again, is. Right. Yeah. That's what we need to do. That's that's like the key. If we get in some foul trouble, if Jesse gets in foul trouble and we have turnovers, we're not well, handling the pressure, we're not handling the pressure well and all of a sudden they start hitting threes, that's how they stay in this game. That's
0: the thing, too, is who comes out and, well, two things. Who comes out? We talked a lot about changing the lineup, start the game, so we can start a little quicker and a little bit more aggressive and with a little bit more energy. So we talked about that in the last show. And also, the flip side of that is how long do other guys get to play assuming that they get the start instead how long before a change is made or an adjustment is made there. So there's not a whole lot of time to play around anymore. You know, we're going into uh, Boston college, Louisville, you know, whatever, you know, that could be hit or miss, I guess. Virginia is going to be absolutely tough at home. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, it's sure to get off the pot time for Syracuse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like I said, If we maximize our effort and we minimize the mistakes, then it shouldn't matter who's in there because we have the guys, we have the talent on the bench. You know, we've seen games where Taylor and Bunch and these guys have come up and they've they've produced a lot of stats that have helped us win games or almost win games. And that that's really what it is. Um, I don't really care who starts. What I care is if this guy comes in and he doesn't, he's not acting like he wants to be out there and he's not playing and putting effort on both sides of the ball, then he doesn't need to be in there because we have somebody and we know that we have people on the bench that are willing to come in and do what they need to do to to maximize our chances to win.
0: And I'm with you. I don't care who starts either, but I do care how long people get to play the game. Stay on the floor now. We're at that point. By the way, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, t- dude, there's no doubt in my mind. The last ten days, there's been some leashes that have been shortened and some leashes that have been lengthened, and um, we're not going to know till we start playing the game. I personally would love to see that last starting five against Pittsburgh, or sorry, the last the
0: last guys in la- the last to start against the game, the last
1: Village. five games in the game against Pittsburgh that almost came back and won that game and probably should have put themselves in a the position to. Um, I would love to see that team be the starting five, 100% come Saturday. Um, Do I expect it, or will I be surprised if they're not? Absolutely not. But to your point, the whole – Beheim needs to know when to pull them. And he's given these guys leashes out the wazoo, and it's it's time, like you said, to rein it in, to rein it in. Because I don't care what you see in practice. I don't care who you think is ready every fan's eyeballs who's not a basketball fan or not a basketball savant or who it doesn't matter who what level of basketball you are you can tell that Malik Brown and Kudir Copeland and these guys coming in are trying harder and doing different things that Justin Taylor and Benny Williams and Chris Bell have not brought to the table consistently they can do it it's what is their mentality going to be and are they going to do it on a consistent basis because I've seen Malik Brown Almost every single time he's come in within the first thirty seconds to a minute, go and get an offensive rebound and a putback. And against a team like Boston College, where he's taller than their tallest player that plays normal minutes, you put Ben if you put Jesse and him in there. As long as there's no foul trouble, those guys are going to handle everything that you that you need to handle.
0: So, all right, real quick, what are the rules to the predictions? do you want to refresh my memory do we have rules you think like after
1: doing this for this
0: long we'd had
1: this figured Look, this out this is the deal right so the way i looked at it was this is you guess the score right uh-huh. and essentially it's just you see how far you got to get the gap close though
0: right huh you got to get the gap close and you got to get the score score somewhat close
1: like so, essentially, diff- that's what it is, is that you just take the plus minus of what we, what we guessed. So, like, if I guessed 80 for Syracuse, they scored 70, then I'm 10 off, and then see how much I'm off with Boston College and add them together, and that's how many points we're off combined. That's what we usually did. Combined. Yeah.
0: That's what we that's did before.
1: That's not what we do with football.
0: Yeah, it is. We added no, the scores. Not. We added the scores we had. We took the total of their the no, score I'm of the game. No, I'm not
1: what I'm saying. I'm talking about individual scores.
0: Well, it's the same thing. Is it? I mean, kind of. Yeah. Thought we were going to add some kind of gap, like um, you know, the um, discrepancy of <laughs> the score. As far as like, okay, look, you had seventy-four, seventy-one. I had seventy-two, sixty-eight. It's actually a two point game. 84-82. So you get th- you get 3 there, right? I have 4. Okay, so I'm starting from behind. Then you're saying add add them up. And if you add them up, so like you had you were 9 off on Excuse me. You were 12 off on pit. Right? No, you were 13 off So that's 16 Am I doing mm-hmm. this live right now? That's yep. 16 And then You were um, Over on Syracuse That was 12 So That's um, 28. 20, 28 Yep Alright, so that's 28 This sucks Why oh, do you make me do this now? Couldn't have done this earlier? Okay, so that's 28. You just brought it up. I know. I was way off. You won. I was way off. I had four, and then I, I wasn't even close. You were closer on both the scores, so you win. I don't even need to do the math. All right, so with that said, <laughs> okay, I mean, that's fine. We can do that. That's fine. I like that. Okay. All right, with that said, Joe, um, and by the way, I, I, you know, th- we both had them winning, and they lost, so. There's that. They should have won. All right. So with Boston College, Joe, quick. What do you what do you have? Balls in your court.
1: Seventy-two sixty-six
0: Syracuse. Okay. Seventy-two sixty-six. Wow. All right. Well, I got seventy-six-sixty-eight, Syracuse. I still think it's gonna be close. I don't think coach listens to the show. And I say it keeps freaking keeps a couple of guys in there too long. And it takes it it it's a lot of back and forth. By the way, I did call the the um on the pick game. I I had a feeling those games produce a lot of back and forth. And there wasn't a whole lot of back and forth in that game, but towards the end, man, it got It was a
1: great it was a great game. It was a great game. I mean, that's just like we could have easily just mailed that shit in, dude, and it could have been ugly. Like we both talked about, that last ten minutes could have been just the most agonizing, especially against Pitt at oh, home. Well, I like, was looking oh, at the clock at twelve
0: been... minutes left, going, "Golly, I gotta watch this thing for twelve more minutes."
1: Yeah, oh. and then they got it close to like single digits, and then jump back up to twenty again, and you're like, "Holy shit!"
0: It's like, like never ending. Yeah, I know. It's right,
1: terrible. and then all of a sudden we just. Went on this run, this crazy, crazy run when we put these players in. And um, yeah, like I said, I mean that's that's where I would go. Uh this is a very similar team uh to Pittsburgh, I think, except for I don't think they're as great offensively. Yeah, at I all. don't
0: think they're nearly as good offensively.
1: No, especially but from as far B- as defensively is I guess kind of where I'm going with that. Um but you know, it's gotta be a bounce back game by Jesse. It's gotta be I, I would if it was me, I mean Malik would be starting. I don't know about Quattier, Um, but you know this is a smaller team, and um, but they play physical and they play tough. And you have to understand too that you, you know one of those things is you have these teams that are like, okay, you bring in all these guys from the transfer portal, okay, that's cool, but you never build that camaraderie of right. Like, and this is we've been getting our teams. ass kicked for three years. This is the time. This is the you know these guys yeah. have been here. These brothers, you know, Langford brothers, they. They want to beat these guys. They've been there. They've seen it. Uh, this Madsen guy is obviously a three-point shooter, and you know they're going to look to to get him open and, and to shoot threes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it says something when you got a team that's like, okay, we've been here for three years. We've never beat Syracuse. The, or, you know,
0: he, he's the one transfer, by the way. Yeah, he came yeah. from Cincinnati.
1: Right. So. Um, you know, it's tough. They're going to have motivation, and we're not going to have the students. And you're talking about a situation where, you know, New Year's Eve is tough and Christmas is even tougher. You know, you got inflation. You got a lot of things more, um, you know, priced out of people's ranges nowadays. And uh, I don't have no idea what the weather's even going to be uh, like up there because, you know, we're down here. But there's a lot of things that go into that. And, you know, these are one of those games where, you know, it could definitely be a trap game if they're not up for it and they don't bring the effort, and, and they need to do that. And that's why I think it's imperative for Jim to know when to pull the plug on certain players um, if, you, if he does plan on starting the same starting five.
0: Right. Okay. All right. With that said, it's time to hear your predictions for the Pinstripe ball. From the Loud House. Alright. It's that time. It's prediction time. We're going to hear your predictions. We're going to give you our predictions for the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl in the Bronx. Syracuse vs. Minnesota. And before we do all that, hey look, we're live. In the Spotify Live app in the green room. You can go there, download the app from your iOS or Android stores. All you need is a username email address and a password sign up there do that um also sign up for notifications click the notification button when we go live you will get a notification and you can join right in the room right then if you'd like to speak you can request to speak and if i let you speak which i always do make sure to unmute yourself and then uh, say your piece so that's that it's easy it's free Okay, there's, there's not a whole lot, you know, that, no, Joe, you cannot speak. Joe's in there requesting request to speak. <laughs> you don't have to request to speak. You actually just do it. Okay? Oh, okay. Uh, he's just testing out the function. So, yeah. uh, also, uh, look, I was trying to get into one of these forums. I've been constantly denied. And so I was like, you know what, let me see how hard it is to start one. And, I, and, I, and it can't be too hard because I did it. So, QS40Forum. QS44UM.com. Um, that is a forum for... It's just basically like social media, man. It's just posts. You just post, um, join, register. Look, I ask you to do a lot of signing up, but I don't ask you to pay for anything. So go there, QS44UM.com, QS44UM.com. Register there, sign up, and I'm going to give this thing probably through next football season and we'll see where it's at. I know those things don't happen overnight, so... Right. um you know, I wanted to get into one of these things and I keep getting denied access. So, it started when I was approved access and uh I did it under the podcast name Q Smosha, and I don't know what happened, but we got kicked out. So, and I've never been allowed back. And I've tried you numerous times. You know what times. happened. I know what happened. But which is why I started my own. So, you can go there, check that out, sign up. Yo, yo, Zach, our boy. He's in the Facebook. Zach. He's in the green room. Congratulations. Um. Okay. So, let's head over to Twitter, and we'll start here with your predictions. At No Blanchard forty-four. He has Minnesota twenty-seven. Qs fourteen. Missing a lot of key players, and Minnesota isn't. Hoping the boys prove me wrong, though. Now, we don't know exactly what Minnesota looks like, more so than we don't know what our team looks like, I feel like. And I think I said the opposite when I started the the show, actually. And I'm sticking with that, that I flipped. Because the more I think about it, I think there's a lot of unknowns for both, but I think we got a good grasp on what we're going to look like. Because really the only outlier for me would be Deuce. Does Deuce play? Does Deuce not play? And
1: no, I mean it's more than him, right?
0: It is more than him, but the, he's the major. Outlier. Jihad, yeah, Jihad. Um, but he's the major outlier. Jihad's, Jihad's big, but so we'll see. And you know that's why all these things are kind of, kind of um, tough doing any kind of predictions uh, when it comes to this type, of, this time of the year for for um, NCAA football. But anyway, uh, at the Big E, two twenty eight. Minnesota 31, Syracuse 13. Sad, but it isn't a good matchup. Okay. Um, let's see. At Oil Qs, it's not a good matchup if Ibrahim plays. That's the bad ma- That's a bad matchup. Uh, at Oil Cuse, we win 35-14. Our defense is rested, and Minnesota sucks. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. You can check the rest of that over on Twitter. Well, there's more? There's more, yes. Uh, you should go check it out, Joe. You would enjoy it. At Matt, Matt Sherman, who's also in the green room. Uh, Matt Sherman, fifty-two, Syracuse, twenty-four, Minnesota, six. Uh, defensive coordinator Monroe has something up his sleeve in this one. Well, I hope so. You know, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Well, like Dude. we said, like we yeah. said, he's gonna have something, right? Well, it's we no talk it's him. no we holds barred when him. it comes to what Monroe needs to do, correct? I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of
1: um, well, I mean, we know there's it's not a whole be lot to lose. That's we know sure.
0: it's going to be different, but there's not a whole lot to lose. I feel like, and so you just you do what you know best. And yeah, so
1: yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's no doubt that he learned under the tutelage of Tony White, and Tony White learned it from Rocky Long, who's already been there and has talked to his coordinators and things like that. So Rocky Long, I'm sure he's going to have some 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 conversations with him and what to do and what not to do. But like you said, I mean. Nick Monroe's position is is firm, especially with his recruiting ability and in our coaching staff. And, and, you know, in the preview that they had of the bowl game, you know, he spoke volumes about Dino Babers, who he is as a person, who he allows him to be as a coach. You know, he allows him to be a father. He allows him to, you know, have a nice work life balance. And, um, you know, he's not going anywhere and he wants to learn. He's eager to learn from these guys. And I don't think that he. That he takes it bad one way or another that, you know, um, Rocky Long is going to be coming in. He's not going to get that job. I think he knows that he has got an opportunity to learn from him and and actually maybe become a coach under his coaching tree um, and be a three three five guy and maybe be the next defensive coordinator from Syracuse after Rocky Long. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is this is an opportunity for him. He's not going to lose his job. Um, he's not going to gain an offensive or a defensive coordinator job. And um, there's not another team or a head coach that he wants to to play under as of right now. Um, So, yeah, dude. Like like we said, they locked their coordinators in. They locked their coach in. Uh, We lost our coordinators. So whether you want to say it's an advantage or a disadvantage, um, we know what they're going to do. They don't know what we're going to do.
0: Right. It just depends on it's an advantage until it goes south.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it never works, right?
0: Right. Which is what my point was earlier with LaQuint. Like, it's got to be good from the start. It can't be a struggle and then no. become one yeah. dimensional.
1: No. Um, and, and, and with Schrader being 100% now and, and everything, I think that he's, that he's excited to, to do that. And if we score points, that's going to be hard for uh, Minnesota to keep up with us.
0: So Matt says, Jihad just took a visit to Texas. He's got Ohio State. Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Florida State after him too. I really just hope that he doesn't go. He can go to anywhere but Florida State. That's my rule. Uh, at Baptized by Fire 7, Minnesota 31, Syracuse 24. Gophers run game is one of the best even ever seen all season. And with opt-outs and transfers, we just don't have the ready talent on the field to win this game. And that is... Well, uh, that is assuming, Dominic's assuming there that um, Muhammad Ibrahim plays, right? which we just don't know.
1: And we don't even know that, right? Because like, we just came out early and we were like, because that, that's what we based our preview on, right? Is we don't know if their defensive back, Dixon and Braylon Oliver, their linebacker, whether or not they're going to play or not. And those are two of the main guys out of their whole team that decided to transfer, and we don't know if they're going to play or not. Same thing with Deuce and Steve Linton and in um, Jihad. you know Jihad Carter. But if you go into it, sounds it thinking, like Jihad's
0: got a got a a busy schedule though. If that's true,
2: so
1: I'm just saying I'm I'm going and assuming that all tran all transfers aren't playing. And in this situation, right. you know we had we had Bergeron and Sean Tucker just announced earlier. Right. But and, to, and to, to our could,
0: point, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, to our point earlier, like I said, I mean, e- Abraham, he came off of an Achilles injury last year uh, to become the fourth leading rusher. And it's not like he wasn't good before, but um, that's a major injury. And for him to come back and put up 1,500 yards and for, I mean, be fourth in the NCAA in rushing, he doesn't need to play this game to solidify his draft chances. And to be perfectly honest with you, just to the same way that Sean injury. Tucker's, you know, yeah. I mean, we don't know if Sean Tucker's 100%, and he's probably more worried about getting healthy so we can put up his numbers in the combine so we can guarantee money in the draft. And, um, you know, I'd hate to see a a player like Ibrahim come in, get injured and and ruin his chances at, um, you know, getting a high draft spot because he's going to be right there. I mean, you're going to draft day. You're going to be hearing about Sean Tucker and Ibrahim on lists and, and being drafted. And I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't both off the board by the second day, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't think we're going to know until a day or the day of. So that's really the only difference. They got transfers that we're both assuming isn't going to play. We have transfers we're assuming we're not going to play. It's just their NFL par guys, like their their linebacker and, and Ibrahim, their running back. Uh, so far, they say they're playing, and we just we just don't know that. That might just be like you said, holding holding the the, the cards close to your chest and, and then letting you know the day of. So. Never know. Bowl games are weird, man. Especially nowadays, the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. Yeah, they're they were always weird, you know. Got a lot of people sitting out. I mean, that's always been a thing. You know, if you don't make a prestigious bowl, your quarterback sits out. You know, he's he's on the bigger and better things or whatever. And doesn't want to get hurt, but that's always been a thing. But the transfer portal again just adds an extra wrinkle into the thing, and you know, you got a lot of people in limbo, which is just this tough. For teams to prepare, and it's tough for us to prepare um, as fans to uh, to evaluate, you know, to guess and, and see what we're going to see. At E short 11, unfortunately, Cuse is missing too many key players. Sadly, Minnesota 28 13. Um, you know, we don't know what players are going to be there and what players aren't. You got to just assume, I guess they're not, right? Uh, yeah. At B Nags 1, 27 17, Cuse memes with the the pain meme from the from uh, Mr T. Accuse Waterboy not putting any meat on anything, which you know doesn't surprise me. He never plays. He doesn't play by the rules. Syracuse thirty seven, Minnesota thirty four. I like it. I like it. I like That's it. Pretty high scoring. That was very high scoring. Exciting. Uh, let's see. P, P P D Briggs fifteen on Twitter. Have to be real, but I see SU losing 27 24. And that's pretty much it for the Twitter. So um, I'll pull up Facebook here yeah. in a second. I
1: mean, we talked about it. Like, again, this is a situation where it's just tough because we know, like, again, their coordinators exactly what they're going to call. We know the film. We can look at the film and we know what's going to be true. Um, but I would like to see. You know, our university handle the situation that PJ Flex going through, like like what we did, you know, they gave him an extension. And with that, he brought a hundred million or sorry, a million dollar extra million dollars to divvy out into his coaches. And, you know, like I said, respectively, their offensive defense coordinators' salaries grew three hundred thousand dollars because of that. And that's why they're still there. And that's why they can still keep that kind of thing going. So um, little things like that. In the day of age that we have now, of just everyone going everywhere and it's a money grab, uh, that's a way to mitigate losing offensive coordinators and coordinators and things like that. And I think that Dino did a great job considering his replacements and, and keeping like minded people there. But in the future, this is something that we have to look forward to try to do because every single time a, quarter, a coordinator does good, every single time that we make a bowl game, a coordinator leaves. And, you know, that goes back to the, our Marone when we talk about Marone all the time where he went 25 and 25 in four years and got an NFL coaching job. Um, that happens every single time to Babers. And we got to figure out a better strategy of keeping these um, coordinators, if not keeping, you know, the, like um, like uh, minded in systems as far as coaches coming in, because we, we got to figure something out so that we can just stay the same.
0: So I posted this seven hours ago. You won't believe this. Maybe you will. This is this is why this is why I hate social media. This is why I hate Facebook. Posted seven hours ago. They always post back to back. If I post on Twitter and I post on Facebook, it's back to back. Okay. Ninety three hundred and ten people viewed the tweet about the predictions. Okay. Um I can't see how many comments are here, but it doesn't matter. I just ran through a bunch of them, and I didn't even read them all. On Facebook, 88 people saw my post. I don't have one comment, one like, nothing. Now, there's more people. I, we have more followers on Twitter, but still, I mean, you would think we would get something. Yeah. And well, I'm just I mean, now realizing this because I don't go there, so I don't pay any attention to it until it's time to come here and take a look. And I'm pulling it up, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. There's nothing there. So, um, look, what a joke they are. It's like so frustrating. Actually, it's not frustrating.
1: I may just become yeah, but Twitter I mean, that's exclusive. Also, I feel like that's also a lot of like, I mean, I think a lot of Syracuse fans after the 6-0 and start and then getting to this point, and then you you have such a lull as far as, you know, we have weeks without a game and oh we're 7-5, it's a bowl game, pinstripe bowl. Oh, this person's not playing that person. You talked about it. Like, once you found out that there were certain players that weren't playing, it just started to kind of lost luster, right? Um, and it's turned into a bowl game where, you know, you have Minnesota who's really trying to win it and, and, and do it with all their players versus we got new coordinators. We're going to be playing new players in certain positions, looking forward to the future. Um, it's not going to be the same that we've, that we've seen as Syracuse fans. So I think there's a lot of fans that have kind of just moved on to basketball and just, you know, whatever happens, happens. I don't think it helps that. The game is on a Thursday at 2 p.m. I don't think anybody, you know, not everybody can just take like I'm taking Thursday and Friday off so I can watch. I I have the time. I don't think that not everybody is in the same situation to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I just think that the bowl game has kind of lost its luster a little bit after the 6-0 start. And then losing the coordinators, losing some of these guys at the transfer portal, and then some of these announcements of these um, NFL players that are going to the draft that are not going to play in the bowl game. So um, that's really just my take on it, uh, and, and, and that's probably why Syracuse fans are uninterested in commenting on Facebook.
0: That, among, among other things. Facebook <laughs> as a, Facebook as a site sucks, dude. I've no, had I, numerous 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 issues this isn't with Facebook. Me sticking up I've, been Facebook. Ban- I've been I've been I've been shadow banned, I've been straight up locked out. I know. I've been all kinds of things on Facebook for doing nothing. Nothing. We're not like some big huge eye grabber on Facebook. I mean, there's like 2300 followers on there. It's like it's not that big. I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So Anyways, whatever, F them. Um, all right. <laughs> seriously, it pisses me off. I am. I'm seriously pissed off about it because it's frustrating. You know, I keep giving them my, my time of day. And you know what? You click on the post and it says, oh, 88 people viewed the post. You want to boost it? No, F you. I don't want to boost it. You want Now you want <coughs> money? So I got to pay you to have the people that already like my page see my post? That is that is so stupid. Like, how that's, stupid is that's that? That's
1: the cost of having militia in your name, man. <laughs>
0: That was always my suspicion, by the way. It was it's always my suspicion, um, which we've never talked about. But you and I have had that conversation. But no, what, dude, whatever. No,
1: dude, come on. Don't, don't you know that we're running a militia through Syracuse fandom yeah. to be able to take over the world? It's underground. Shh.
0: No. Um, okay. Well, whatever. Um, okay. So, look, Joe, predictions. You guys got predictions? Wait, we did both of your predictions. What about Zach? Zach's still there. Zach, give it to us, bro. If you got one. Um, so, look.
1: It's driving. I,
0: oh, okay. Um, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So, there's a lot of variables. He just, he queues all day. Zach's on the queues train. He's, he's riding it right now, actually. He's driving it. Um, <laughs> with, with, did I, who, it doesn't matter. I'll go first. You don't mind, do you? No. I'm just going to assume. It's tough to do this because I only like to give one score. My assumption, as we've talked, and as we've kind of talked through the whole um, the whole, um, who's playing who's not thing, I've convinced myself we don't see Ibrahim. I could be totally wrong about that, but I see no reason he should be playing in this game.
1: Mm -mm. That's
0: just my opinion. And maybe he's like, look, I'm going to go out there and and just maybe play a half and just tear it up one last time. Get the eyes on me. Spotlight's on me. Bowl game. Check me out. Going to enter the draft afterwards. Or or announce, right? But...
1: Mm. I mean, I'm just saying, dude, a lot of that... A lot of that crap comes down to, you know, do you have anything else to prove? And if Sean Tucker doesn't think he has anything else to prove, then why would Ibrahim coming off an Achilles injury in rushing for 1,500 yards and fourth in the nation feel like he has anything else to prove? That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I mean, if you want to play, play. I mean, I would love to see people play, but I do understand the money aspect of it 100%. And you think about how much time and effort you put into this your whole life. Um, learning the game of football, playing it, and going into college and putting all that time into it. took like a full-time job with that in school. And, and the total outcome is i want to go make millions and play NFL, right, play on Sundays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like why would you get to this point and then risk it all
0: Well, when you don't need to? The defense is still strong. So oh, yeah. that's the last dynamic to deal with, and I believe most of that's going to be in place. So, for me, I think this is a Syracuse win. But I'm going to say 24-17. to I don't know what everything looks like. Not going to lie. That's, that's, that's assuming Ibrahim doesn't play, and that's my prediction. That's part of my prediction, is that he's not going to play. So that's part of my prediction. Now, if he does play, though, I will just say, I don't think Syracuse wins this game. If he plays, and he, he, he plays the way he's been playing all year, with their defense and what we've got coming into this game, and I think there's going to be some experimenting, so there are going to be some hiccups. It's not going to run smooth, I don't think, um, just in general. With him in there, that just, that, that just puts a dagger in it for me. He's, he's just so good. We've seen players like him this year just dismantle our defense when we've been pretty solid. And I just don't think they win with him in there. But if but if he's not gonna play, I think Syracuse wins twenty-four-seventeen despite how good their defense is.
1: All right, that, so and that's my, my prediction. That's my prediction. Yep. Okay. So my take on it is that we've played better teams with better running attacks that have played against better teams. Better opponents, right? Yeah. And we've still been in the game. And that's with a not a 100% Schrader. Um, to me, personally, I think this is Schrader's game. Um, I think there's only so much this running back can do against our defense. Like, albeit, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that not having Deuce, assuming that we're not having Deuce and Jihad and, and Linton, then, you know, it might make it a little bit easier, but I still um, – I'm confident in, in Nick Monroe and this new defensive coordinator and in what he came in and what he told the players and everything. I think there's just a newfound confidence. I don't think this Tony losing Tony White is really gonna affect um this game, so to speak. These players are gonna go out. These got Mikel Jones, you know, these, these players are gonna play for these seniors that are either on the sideline coaching up and, and being cheerleaders, so to speak, uh for lack of a better word, and um seniors that are gonna be on, on you know Devon Cooper, he wants Probably to we didn't Garish, talk about Devon
0: Cooper obviously Garrett Schrader,
1: Schrader wants to be able to he wants to come back and show that him not being 100% that's not what they were um Mikhail Jones he came back to play in a bowl game so these things uh, i think that are that's the stuff that's going to push us to um to a victory i think that Jason Beck's play calling and and i think he's going to purposely kind of step away from things that might look like um, you know, things that we do all the time when Minnesota looks at the, the the film based upon what Robert and I called. So um I look to to this offense to actually to actually step up and play how they've been from the beginning of the year and when Garrett Schrader's been healthy and as you've seen him get healthier and um yeah, I think that we're gonna surprise some people. I think it's gonna give uh Syracuse fans some some newfound hope for next year and, and the coordinators that we have. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, I think we're going to jump on them. Like we didn't jump on any other team and I don't know if it's going to be even that close. I know there were 10 point underdogs, but I look for, for, for Schrader and and really, <clears throat> and some of these other receivers step up and, um, yeah, I'm looking at something like a 31, 14,
0: 31,
1: 14 Syracuse. You just jump on them early. Um, Minnesota is not going to send anything to us that we haven't seen. I mean, and I agree with
0: all that, and I agree with the opponent th- aspect. You know, and that's why their defense is ranked through their at. But their defense is pretty good. I mean, you don't just get up there playing D1 ball run heavy like Big Ten, bro. Yeah, I understand. I Go understand. through the
1: Big Ten quarterbacks. Yeah. Go th- I mean, tell me how many, how, many, t- how many dual threat quarterbacks are in Big Ten and how many are as good as Schrader. Uh, I mean, if our yeah, line I mean, can step yeah, that's up. that's true. I mean, dude. I mean, literally. You take away take away Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan. What are you really dealing with on an everyday basis? Especially in that like goofy conference or division just that they had. Just take away the best teams: Wisconsin, though. Iowa, Illinois, Min Minnesota, Purdue. Right. Like mm-hmm. that. That was that was the group that they played, and I think they're all very similar. And we played Purdue just fine. Um and I think that we we match up right there. I mean, obviously the running portion of it, but I look at this as a situation where Jason Beck understands, and I think that we're going to jump on them early, score early, and kind of try to take away the the tempo and the running attack that they want to bring. They want to slow it down, limit possessions, take just control time of possession and tempo. and And I think that that these um, these coordinators or these coaches that are going to be calling. I think they're. I mean, Jason Beck's been chopping at the bit. Nick Monroe, even though he's not going to take it, he's going to take advantage of it. And These guys have been chopping at the bit. We know what they're going to run. They don't know what we're going to run. And I think that that ultimately is going to be the um, the X factor. And just to throw another one out there, I don't think Ibrahim plays. Okay, so you don't think so? I would. If I had to guess, okay. that would be the that would be the side bet. I, uh, this, is, this is my prediction, and I don't think he's going to play. I
0: right, This just in. We got a freaking comment on Facebook. I got to read it now. I got to. Shut up. Top, seriously. Top fan, Brandon, on Facebook. Says, I want to be wrong. And Minnesota doesn't know what we have now with the coach changes, but I think they feel they have more to prove And we are rebuilding, so I'll go twenty-seven seventeen Minnesota. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I don't say this very often. In fact, I don't think I've ever said this, but I believe it. I think after people listen to our preview, they may change their minds on some of this stuff. Because I literally changed my mind as we talked. So, I mean, well, I didn't change my mind on the prediction, but there was things that there was things that. I think aspects of the game that I think there's so, it's so fluid and I, I just, there's so much involved with it that I just, I don't think I mean, we see. We, we don't even Muhammad. know
1: quarterback's going to start for them. We don't. We don't. And that's the because, thing is, yeah. that's, that's, that's just how fluid it is. Like you said. And, and when you want to look at it, if, if you look at it from face value, okay, what have they done? What have they done in the past however many weeks? Um, and what are they going to do right who's playing who's not playing transfers and all that other kind of things like yeah okay well they're all their nfl players are supposedly playing our nfl players are saying that they're not and then they have a couple transfers we have a couple transfers so it's easy to just be like oh well obviously if those guys play but you know we change quarter co- we change coordinators our coordinators are gone it's a completely different kind of you know so it could be really good it could be really ugly the one thing that i assume is that it's not going to be the same it's not going to be what we've seen because we know that obviously jason beck is going to there's things that he favors over an eye right and garrett schrader was not 100 percent. now he's going to be as healthy as he's been since the clemson game um there's a lot of things. Like uh, LeQuint Allen and Juwan Price, they're, they've been chomping at the bit. You think they're just sitting there on the sideline like, yeah, Sean Tucker, he's just this good. We can't do that. Like, no, they've been waiting
0: I've been to go wanting out there see and prove that LeQuin they can, Allen right? More. Yeah, I've wanted wanting to yeah. see LeQuint Allen months ago.
1: Yeah, and we, I mean, DeMarcus Adams has been getting better. Trevor Payne is most likely going to be healthy. Um, Courtney Jackson is not going to play, so you're going to see – you know, a full dose and you know, Devon Cooper, it's going to be his, I mean, he's playing in, I believe the uh some type of senior bowl or something like that. So he's going to have another game to try to get in the NFL, but he's got some stuff he has to prove. And we saw him turn it on a little bit against Boston college. So I think there's some things there that we can really, really take advantage of and, and go with the momentum um into next year, but doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to lose this game just because we don't have these guys that did all these things. I mean, We've had plenty We had a couple of weeks of, of practice to make things different and to make things look different and to surprise Minnesota. And I think that we're going to have more surprises than Minnesota. It's just, can we play a clean game? You know, turnovers and penalties are going to be a huge deal, and um, are our surprises going to work, or are they going to be catastrophic?
0: Uh, yeah, Tony, on the line in the green room. unmute yourself. There we go. Uh-
2: Hello, boys, how we doing,
1: Tony? <laughs> how, how are you doing? doing? Yo, yo,
2: work out of my system, baby. I'm ready to go. Oh, god, okay. just chugged
1: pre work in the car wash. There, Jeez. We, oh, there we go,
2: dude. Delta Sonic's right next door to my gym. Location, location, location. <laughs> yo, I'm going to the bowl game, though. I am pumped, man. I'm
0: oh, that's awesome.
2: Let's have some fun. Yeah, I've wife took the day off to watch the little one. I'm like, you know what, drive down in the morning, drive back that night. Let's get it done.
0: Oh, okay not staying there It's about a five nah, and a half nah. hour drive
2: no it's like 3 45 four is hours it? that's to it so like, like jersey i'm gonna park my car there and then take like a i got gotcha. it's like a half hour train ride over into nyc
0: <laughs> okay that makes sense but
2: uh beforehand um east end bar which is uh that's run by Q's Kenny bar. yeah yeah Q's bar. huge su fan he's doing like a pre-game party 10 to 2 and i've been telling everybody like hey that's the spot beforehand let's all hang out have a good time and Let's go to Yankee Stadium and make some noise, man. He's even got a party bus going. I guess for 44 bucks, you can uh, ride in a, in the party bus he's got rented, and they got a bunch of beers on the bus and go crazy if you want. That's cool. Is that
1: the I, bar down the street from MSG? It's East. Um,
2: I'm not sure. I looked at a map. It's somewhere in Manhattan, I believe. I, know. I, just,
1: I, I I remember going to the um, Big East Tournaments in Madison Square Garden, uh, taking a train from Jersey and going to a Syracuse bar. Very, very close.
0: I know that. Yeah. it's Zoob's Zubes is a fan I, of that place.
2: Yeah, and I met up with Kenny before. He we went to the North Carolina game in 2019, I believe, together. And, like, really good dude, just diehard Cuse fan. I'm like, you know, help promote the little local thing going on and have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dude, That's plus, cool.
2: I looked at the weather because everybody's whining and bitching. Like, oh, New York City, you know, middle of December for a game. Dude, it's going to be 48 and partly sunny.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, dude. The city don't get the weather like upstate, bro.
2: No. And, dude, we have just went through Christmas with, like, the teens and negatives with the wind chill and snow and ice. And I'm like, 48 degrees. I might be in the bleachers shirtless. Let's go. <laughs> yeah,
0: and well, we what? got we cold just, here, dude. We just went through that, too. <laughs> it was, like, here. 18 degrees in Virginia Beach on Christmas it Day. Was,
1: dude, it was colder than that down here in my house.
2: Was it? Yeah, which is freezing. Oh, yeah. I saw my relatives in Florida. Some of them got snow, and they were freaking out. They all moved from New York, dude. They to get away their from blood that. Isn't thick anymore.
0: Yeah, no, your blood thins out quick, boy. Let me tell you. And yeah, um, yeah.
2: You know, I just I'm gonna have a good time. I'm I'm excited. Who are you? Like, are you just going by yourself? No, I'm riding down with my buddy Ryan, and he's staying down there. I'm gonna ride up solo. And depending on what Sherman's doing, I offer the invite to him if he wants to hop in. He lives in Cortland anyway, so I'd have to pick him up on the way.
1: There you go. That's true. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I don't know. That's just cr- want to pop in quick and say that, and just I'm excited for it, man. Like, let's see what the, let's see what the some of the second stringers can do. Let's see what the young kids can do. Let's have fun with it, make some noise. Like, we're back in a bowl game, man. Like, if, if people are gonna be pessimistic about it, that's on you. Like, I'm going to have a good time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like they're just going there for to, you know, like they're not going there to win the damn game. I mean, it's a freaking bowl game. It's gonna be you're gonna have bowl game atmosphere. You have bowl game fun. Yeah, it's just yeah, I, no one knows I who's went playing to the
2: Camping World Bowl. And like we had a blast. We took over like every bar. We were going crazy. Like, it, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I,
1: I wish that we got were this close bar. when I went to that damn game.
2: Yeah, just, you know, make of it what you will. If you go in with a negative attitude, it's going to be a negative time going thinking I'm going to have a blast and you'll have a good time.
1: That's
0: true. Good point. I can't wait to get on the New York like,
2: City subways, man. I want to be part of one of those viral videos or some maniacs on the train trying to pull a fire extinguisher and i just spear him like goldberg
1: like, let's go <laughs> No, dude the dude, you got to get on the train first that's the
0: <laughs> you could also get make a viral video not getting on the train but still hitching a ride yeah you know
2: i'm excited right, let's go let's let's get weird let's
1: have some fun
0: well that's awesome dude um what do you yeah, what so do you, you think listening? what do you think tony
1: what so do you think you think Scor- that um, having the new coordinators, not having our old coordinators, you think that that's that's more of a pro or con? Positive or a negative?
2: Do you mean for the game itself, or for like next year?
1: No, this game. The game itself.
2: This game, I the guys already know what's going on. They know the system. I mean, I don't think it's a big change. I think they'll be all right. I I I think they'll be excited too, with all the people moving in and out and all the change. They're going to come out motivated and want to prove something.
0: Yeah. You guys, you got, you got to have guys that are motivated.
2: Yeah. And sometimes there's no
0: doubt about it. There's, there's people that are going to be stepping into roles that they weren't able to, and they're under a bigger spotlight now. And they're going to, they're going to have the opportunity to actually, you know, get seen, make a name.
2: Teams have a bunch of guys out, be it injury or now transfer portal or decommits, and everyone gets so down on them. And like you said, like kids just step into new roles and they just step up, they play motivated, they play inspired. Like, you know Tucker is not going to play. He's our security blanket. Watch how many guys step up because he's not in there. I just have this feeling like dudes will come to play. They're going to play with their cleats on fire. Tucker
0: was a fourth string running back the year he got his yeah. first start. Yeah, I so, an
2: opportunity, man.
0: Yeah, and we've seen it all year. Let's be honest. I feel I feel like all of the defense players that did step into big bigger roles had big shoes to fill, and they all did a pretty good job. They really, yeah, And
2: if you if you backup all year and you're looking for playing time next season, like this is a great chance to prove it before the spring game. Like, come out and take that spot, earn it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right, man. Look, be on the be on the Twitter, tweeting. I want to see pictures. Should be a good oh, time.
2: Take if, if anybody, I'm I'm very easy to spot. I'm the uh, jacked up dude in the kilt. Grab me. Let's get a picture. Introduce yourself. Don't you feel like, oh, hey, man, I talked to you on Twitter. Like, what's your real name? I, I, you don't use a picture of yourself. I don't know who you are. Explain it Hey, to look, me.
0: here's my avatar.
2: Yeah. Do you recognize yeah. us? I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm so surprised that I don't see more Auto angry autos in real life because I see so many on Twitter. I, I think know. They'd
0: be, <laughs> they'd be all over the place.
2: Oh, my God. It's crazy, man.
1: Yeah. Hey, so, hey, to, Tony, real quick before you go. Yeah. Because I know that we didn't um what do you think about, you know, Beheim? You know, and we talked about it. Beheim talked about it, he's done everything he can. But we saw this starting third, you know, this five that came back and almost beat Pittsburgh in an amazing almost comeback. Um What do you think? What do you think the starting five should be? Come Boston College.
0: Yes, yeah, Whoever yo.
2: can hustle and get rebounds. I don't care if it's Well we know who can hustle.
0: We know who can hustle and get
2: rebounds. Uh, yeah, the fact that, that Bell and um Uh, Benny can't get rebounds just like it's insane it's all hustle like Joe you say it all the time like it's literally just effort and hustle that's what rebounding Mm -hmm. is rebounding loose balls 50 50 balls like I I don't care what you're rated or what the starting lineup is the guys who get minutes are the ones that perform like and the coach is very upfront about it like how you perform in practice is how you will earn your minutes like go out there and kill it in practice and then show it in the game
1: yeah, Yeah, well, I think that's one difficulty, right, this year is that I I presume that he's probably seen things in practice that have not come nice. to fruition in the game, and he's kind of stumped on what to do. Uh, yeah, every time he talks playing. about Malik Brown and some of these guys, oh, they're not ready, they're not ready. Well, he looks a lot more ready than Chris Bell and Justin and Justin yeah. Taylor, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, at a certain point, like, yeah, even if you can't score, you have to do all the little things, like just <laughs> – Look at what um, Boulazac has done. Like it's been incredible. Like we
0: all. Yeah, he was he was a nobody last year, kinda to some extent. Like we didn't look at him and be like, "Man, wow! What what hustle? What determination?" But this year it's year's not totally even
1: that, different. dude. It's his energy. It's energy. He's yeah, on the bench standing. Yeah. Plus, he's cheering. ready to. He's yeah. For everybody, he doesn't care if he gets a minute or if he's on the court. He's doing the same thing every time he comes in. You can read his lips. Let's go. Let's go. Let's yep. go. And like and that's what you it.
2: need. Yeah, the spark plug guy. Need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's he true. He said it
2: in one of those post game press conferences. He would love to have Dolajai back. Like, you just need that guy that does all the little things. And it seems like we don't have that. We, you can't play 20 plus minutes and not get a board. That's insane to me. No, dude,
1: it's crazy. And when you look at the last game, it's like, you know, Chris Bell had 13 minutes, Benny had 13 minutes. And Taylor had 14 minutes, and they had one rebound combined. Then all of a sudden, this guy Quadir Copeland, who hasn't played in any nine conference games, he comes in and in 13 minutes gets five boards, four of them all offensive rebounds. Like, yeah. where has this guy been? Yep,
2: he saw it, his opportunity. He's making the most of it, and I applaud him for it.
1: We need more of that, man.
2: Like, no, and I you got to keep that momentum. How That's... special you are! I want the kid that will do everything you need to do. I want the guy grabbing all the loose balls on the boards. Absolutely. Yeah, well, well feelings get hurt, Tough cookies. I don't
0: care. We'll see. It's yeah. it's time to go. Absolutely. You know, you know, it's time guys. to go.
2: I gotta go hit the weights, boys. All right, all right, buddy.
0: Take hey. care,
1: man. Have a good one, man. Right. Hey, good time. We, we don't want his pre-workout to run out. You gotta yeah. use it. First. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Later. <laughs> all right, buddy. Um, going. so yeah. I mean, we'll see. Getting that basketball aspect of things we'll see here uh, Boston College coming up this Saturday, New Year's Eve.
1: You Hopef- see Weitzman
0: hopefully it's um which which story about Weitzman
1: that he finally you know he talked about offering a million dollars yeah. to somebody when mm-hmm. he finally did it
0: okay I did not see that
1: no yeah. so he offered a seven-figure NIL deal to a five-star point guard um but I mean we haven't talked about him anybody who's in basketball has, has talked about him but he's a 2024 commit he uh Six one point guard Elliot Cadeau. He's ranked eighth overall. Um, we made his top six, uh, along with North Carolina, Louisville, Texas Tech, and Texas. Um, in Kansas was in there as well. So I think there was what six or seven. Um, but he's making his commitment in two days. And he just got offered the first offer from Weitzman for a, a seven figure NIL deal. So, um, we heard him talk about it, and we didn't hear anything since, and this is the first time since, um, and and we'll find out in two days whether or not that's going to help us or not, because I, if that's not going to help us, I don't know what we'll I, to try to get guys like Did you this. say
0: there was a minimum two years of play or anything?
1: It says three years NIL deal. Okay, all right, well, it's a three-year deal. A seven-figure right? NIL deal. Uh, um. A three year, seven figure NAL deal. Okay, there well, yep. you go. So,
0: yeah, now we're signing contracts to stay in the NCAA. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Ta da! Whatever's Surprise. clever. This
1: is what's going on everywhere else. It's what so. was going
0: on before, and it's just the curtains pulled back now. So,
1: yep. Um, pretty much. All right.
0: That's cool. I like it. By the way, if you are going to the bowl game, you could go to, to Q's40forum.com, and there's an away tailgating section there. That could pop in there, meet up. I did see the East End Bar thing too on Twitter. So um, they're huge Cuse fans. They pop up every once in a while. Games in the in the in the city, so they always got something going on. Probably a killer place. I'd never been. Um, that's kind of a bucket list place for me. Honestly, want to
1: say I've been there, but James oh, said
0: James know. said they got good food. I'm almost positive I talked to James about this. I Think he said they they got they got some they got some good wings, and they got good food there. So that's a bucket list thing for me, going to, um, going to the East End Bard to, to before or after a game in New York City. So anyways, um, enough of that. Enough of me. Enough of me. Enough of Joe. That's all we got for all of you. We appreciate you all for joining us. Uh, we will be back here when we get back here. We are not even sure. We will definitely be back <laughs> here Sunday at the latest for everything. Yep. But until then... Or until we get back earlier, for Joe, I'm Sean Rowdy. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Appreciate you.
1: Peace.